Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City who just loves to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. Be warned, you should be 18 and over and probably be listening with your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. With years of experience in the online porn industry through cam work and running an amateur porn website, Crystal has done a total 180 from her sheltered Midwestern upbringing where she used to think that sex was just a taboo subject. Crystal has learned that sex and sexuality don't have to make you feel dirty, and you can learn a lot about yourself and what you want out of life. Through exploring BDSM, fetishes, sugar daddies, and even swinging, she's come to accept that sex is an important part of life no matter what you like. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Crystal, thank you so much for being on Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm really glad that you stopped by today so we could record a session together. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Crystal and I met through some business uh, networking groups that we participate in. And one thing about being a sex coach is that a lot of times people just sort of offer up uh, information about their interesting lives because who doesn't enjoy kind of sharing a little bit about themselves, and that's kind of how we first bonded. It is. We so. met at an event, and I wanted to be a sex therapist once upon a time, and mm-hmm. we met for a drink, and it all just kind of fell out. <laughs> yes, yes. So tell me more about, like, what would you like for my listeners to know a little bit about you? Like, where should we start in your story? Well, I think, as all good stories do, we should start at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so... I think first and foremost, the most important thing to start with is that um, I grew up very closeted as far as sexuality goes, and so I was never really allowed to watch movies that had a lot of sex scenes in them, and it was very, you know, shunned and looked down upon, and so I grew up with this sense of sex is a bad thing, and Mm -hmm. so... Um, When I got to my teen years and I started to become interested in being sexually active, um, it made me feel very dirty. Mm -hmm. And then somehow in college, I answered an ad on Craigslist to do some pinup modeling. And somehow that turned into becoming a cam girl and doing webcamming and... um, I was very nervous about it, and I was really terrible at it, and then I met some cool people and had a lot of interesting experiences, and from there, I started an amateur porn site, Mm -hmm. and so that's been going for, oh gosh, 10 years. Wow, so So. it's quite a little evolution there. I wasn't sure, I mean... Of course, I knew some of the things that you have done, but I wasn't sure how they kind of domino into one yeah. another. Yeah, so. there's been some other interesting experiences uh, along the way as far as BDSM and swinging and lots of other interesting uh, sexual adventures and escapades and lots of learning about myself and obviously the sex industry and the porn industry. And, um, and I went through almost actually all of it with my husband, mm-hmm. who... Uh, we started in it 
I started in it right after we started dating. Mm-hmm. And so we've been going through the whole journey kind of together. We've done a lot of things together yeah. and uh, with other people. And so, yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's not been the typical uh, college sweetheart relationship in the slightest. And Sounds like it. Somehow we are still here and together and have a lot, a lot of good stories. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's dissect some of those good stories. Okay. So, you know, you brought up how you had the kind of upbringing that a lot of people in the Midwest have, mm-hmm. which is really religious, mm-hmm. lots of heavy church and Bible influence. Yes. Parents that were very focused on not sinning, mm-hmm. things like that. Yes. And I totally get that. I, mm-hmm. I get that. I grew up with that. My grandpa was a deacon in the church. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that us Midwesterners experience. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like you kind of went the direction of really rebelling. Yes. But not necessarily rebelling really publicly. Mm-hmm. Is that pretty accurate? Um, I mean, I definitely have had... As in like your family, publicly towards your yes. family. It wasn't so... like you're like... Middle fingers up. Right. You know, screw you guys. It was more of like, I'm going to do what I want, but it sounds like you kept it more private. Yes. Between you and your partner, at least. Um, For sure. I mean, there have been some things that I'm sure my parents have picked up on. Like, I used to go to the club, like, five nights a week, and <laughs> uh, that was a fun time in my life. I'm definitely too old for that anymore. I go to the club, like, once a month, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is not for me. I want to go home and go to bed. I but, remember the last time I went to a club. Uh, so, I mean, definitely the whole, like, dressing provocatively, and um, so I think my parents definitely picked up on that, and mm-hmm. you have the foil in my sister who went to a Christian college, and, you know, she is complete, like, complete opposite of me in my parents' eyes. Mm-hmm. I know things about her that uh, make her a little less angelic. Ah. Uh-huh. But that's because I was a snoop and, uh, you know, found her box of handwritten notes because that was the thing back in the day before phones uh-huh. and yeah. instant messaging and text Texting. messaging. Text messaging. And so um, I'm pretty sure she did some stuff with some boys at some point in her life as a teenager. But... Anyways, um, yeah, my, my parents definitely hold her up on a pedestal when it comes to that kind of stuff. So um, I've, al- I've always felt worse when I was trying to explore mm-hmm. my sexuality. Gotcha. And, and then I just said, who cares? Yeah. You know, I'm going to live my life and do the things that I want to do. And my, my philosophy has always kind of been, you know, if they ever found out then they find out. I mm-hmm. haven't done anything wrong. I haven't done anything illegal. I haven't done anything that my partner would be ashamed of because he's either been holding the camera or been in front of the camera with me. Mm-hmm. So um, That's an important thing to note. Right. So you were actually doxxed, like what, last year? I was. Someone yeah. sent your okay. information to, what was your my sister? My sister. Your sister. Mm-hmm. And was basically trying to Give them all your information without you. And I have no idea why. Um, I have no idea who this person is. Um, I'm sure they weren't using their real information. Um, But, yeah, they they found my website and they sent it to my sister. Mm -hmm. And I I think it was in November because it was right around uh, the time of my husband's birthday party. And Mm -hmm. I was really nervous because I, I wasn't sure 
if she was going to be vindictive Mm. because she's definitely like that Mm -hmm. and will manipulate a situation to her benefit. And she hasn't to this point, and we haven't spoken about it since then. Um, But they messaged her on Facebook, sent her the link to my website, and as as far as I remember, they didn't say anything else. They just sent her the link to my website. So she probably just thought, like, oh, I'm not looking at this. It's... Did she look at it or did she just I don't ignore know. it? She just said, "Why? Who is this person, and why are they sending me naked pictures of you?" Oh, that was really the beginning and the end of the conversation. We've gotcha. never spoken about it. Gotcha. And I don't really want to. Uh-huh. Um. So yeah, I. It's terrible. It's it's scary, but at the same time, again, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel like I've done anything wrong. Um, it's gotten my husband and I through times where I couldn't work because of living situations and what my husband was doing and his work situation. And so it was something I could do when it was convenient. And it was based, I was basically running a small business, you know, it was, you had to do marketing and there was a lot of, um, you know, I learned skills like photo editing, which I already had, but I got better at it. Um, you know, I got to do a lot of custom work, which is something that I bet a lot of people don't know about. Um, okay. So sounds like I want to ask more yes. about that in a second. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I learned skills that I wouldn't have ever learned and I made one really good lifelong friend out of it mm-hmm. and, um, she no longer is involved in it. Um, but she's the one who got me started. Mm-hmm. And we went through the journey together um, at the very beginning. And we were very popular. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we webcam together. And we, uh, it was like we had our own little shooting parties. Like we'd get ready and get all dolled up. And then we'd, you know, plan out our outfits and where we were going to shoot. And yeah, I mean, it was, we bonded over it. And we're still really good friends, even though, you know, our life situations, hers has drastically changed I can say that much okay um mine is different but not a ton Mm -hmm. so it's just it's been a yeah like I said a really interesting journey yeah so you're talking about with cam girling doing custom work so it sounds like that's say you get somebody who's a a fan of yours Mm -hmm. does that mean that they can then request that you do specific things yes so it's kind of um it's kind of a way I don't want to say, like, not black market, but it's basically if you want something done that's just for you, and I could give you lots and lots of examples. Um, So if you have a very specific fetish that Mm -hmm. maybe is not served, although what's not served in (laughs) the realm of porn on the internet these days, but if um, you have a very niche fetish, um, like, for instance, I'll give you a very good example. Um, I had a customer who wanted me to wear a white t-shirt, no bra, and jeans, and white tube socks, and get in a bathtub, and roll around in the water. Okay. That is a very odd feeling, I will tell you, Um, (laughs) if you've never been in water with clothes on. Especially socks and have to only because like, I had to jump in for a specific purpose, not right? Because I was choosing to, right? Yeah. But when you're like in a sexual mindset uh-huh. and you're thinking about the sensation of the clothes on your the wet clothes on your body and you're feeling the fabric against your skin, like especially socks, like normally it's like, oh, I'm in my shorts and tank top because I got thrown in the pool or oh, yeah, something yeah. like that or a swimsuit. It's just it's experiences like that that I 
take a lot of I've taken a lot of wave from. I was actually thinking about my experiences over the past couple of days getting ready to record with you. And that was one of the first things that came to mind was I'll never forget the sensation of wearing tube socks in a bathtub mm-hmm. because it's a very specific sensation on your skin. Um, but that was one that I've done. Um, uh, my best friend and I, we had a customer who wanted us to do different kinds of food videos. And mm-hmm. so one Oh, time, I remember you telling me about this. So, I like this story. Yes, yeah, so there are a couple, and I don't remember which ones I've told you, but one time we, um, is it the syrup story? Is that the one I told I you? even a food fight or something. Okay, yes. Yeah, like so, smashing food yes, on, cake. Okay. We ah. bought a big birthday cake, and we literally were, like, eating cake, and then all of a sudden we started fight. we had to start fighting, and literally rolling around in cake on her floor of her kitchen, and that was... Not fun and fun at the same time because we had to clean it up, but <laughs> it's an experience, you know, another experience that I'll never uh-huh. forget. Um, and a fun but not so fun experience also was when we had to do a syrup video together. And so it's literally what you think. Um, we had syrup and we poured it all over each other and that's as far as I'll say because I'm going to keep it PG. Um, but... Oh, you don't have to keep it PG on here unless you want to. So don't feel like for my sake or my listener's sake you have to. You can say whatever yeah. you feel comfortable with. Well, I'll so. just let their fantasies I, and imagination. I don't know, so we might have to do like an off-air talk uh, about that one. So I can, I can imagine. I don't yes, recommend anyway. syrup for anyone. Let's just put it that way in your bits. Yeah, um, no. Actually, the reason why that experience wasn't fun was because she had done a solo video with syrup for this customer. And she had done regular real maple syrup, and she decided that we were gonna try um, like sugar free syrup, uh. and because she had not had a good experience with the maple syrup, uh-huh. so we used sugar free syrup. Well, I am apparently allergic to having Splenda on my skin, and <laughs> I almost had to go to the emergency room because I had. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. Oh, <laughs> uh, we were laughing after I started. Uh, you know, my skin, the chemical burns. I was going to say, it was like down. burn? Yeah, it was, oh. it literally, you could see like the drips on my arms of how, where the syrup. For how long? Um, well, she put me in, the, we were in the bathtub. She had uh-huh. like a big corner tub. And so once we stopped filming and she was like, we were wiping each other off and she's like, why do you look like you have a, I mean, I'm very, very pale. Yeah. So any kind Alabaster of. Alabaster skin yes, for sure. Any redness on my skin shows up like immediately and very vibrantly and so she's like you don't look right and I was like you're right I feel really hot right now like all I mean I'm naked and I was just covered like mm-hmm. from the neck down in syrup and and she was like this isn't right and I was like you're right I don't feel right and so she put me in the shower and just scrubbed me down uh-huh. and so after I I laid down just, you know, to calm down and whatever, and I'm having a little bit of a panic attack. Right. I'm a little little hypochondriac. I'm like, my skin's going to fall off, and oh my gosh. It's going to peel off. So I started Googling it, and it's actually a thing. Like, people have, I mean, you put this in your body, so it's kind of scary to begin with, but it's, people have very bad reactions to having that kind of stuff on their skin. So... Uh, disclaimer, don't put sugar-free <laughs> syrup on, on your, your skin, especially if you have oh. sensitive skin. So that was a fun learning experience. Um, another really good custom story, and this is actually a series that we did for a really long time uh, with my best friend's former husband. Um, we had a, a guy who, uh, I was actually not 
I was involved in a couple of these films, but I was mostly helping them with uh, production, if you want to call it that. Gotcha. Um, this guy apparently had a really hot girlfriend or had a fantasy, I'm not sure which, about having a really hot girlfriend, but that would fatten him up, literally, okay. like mm -hmm. feeding him as much as possible. So we did a lot of films for him where uh, my best friend was fattening up her husband and or you know whatever feeding Plain, him yeah plainly. feeding yeah. him lots of food and measuring him with a measuring tape and putting him on the scale and then sex was involved you know eating at one point I think he had her doggy style and he was eating a chicken leg or a turkey leg or <laughs> taco bell I'm not I can't remember exactly I could just see film. him like with a crown on his because we have Rins festival yes. here so I could see him with a crown on his head eating a turkey that leg that would have made it that would have made it even better like one of those like medieval robe, yes. like king's robes. Yeah, that would have made it even better. Mm -hmm. um, it was pretty, it was It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of interesting nights doing all of that kind of filming. Sounds like it. I'm fascinated. I personally never, I've not done cam work, obviously, but I've also not really uh, consumed mm -hmm. cam stuff. So mm -hmm. I kind of have just more of an imagination for what's out there, right. but not really... It's more conceptual, obviously, mm -hmm. than anything else. Mm -hmm. So, wow. Thank you for sharing those stories. You're welcome. So, I mean, do you still do custom work? So your, your website's still up. Yes. So I'm not actively working on my site right now, but it's still live, mm -hmm. and I still make minuscule amounts of money every month. Um, kind of like royalties. I mean, people will still come and buy my stuff. You know, I've got videos, and I've got... Um, photo sets and so they can come and buy a subscription for a month or however long they want to subscribe and then they get access to all of my photo sets and then they can purchase um, the videos that are up there for whatever it is it's usually a dollar a minute gotcha. um, depending on the content if it's a heavier production video then might charge more Gotcha. Um, so yeah, like I think last month I made $35. But you're not like actively putting things on or actively no. marketing it to mm -hmm. try to get people. No, the last time I was actively updating uh, my website was the end of 2017, I want to say. Maybe gotcha. the beginning of 18. Um, so it's, it's been more of a secondary income when I've needed when I've been out of work or between jobs I was laid off twice in 2017 and so mm -hmm. it was helpful um, to kind of give us a few hundred extra dollars here and there um, and so it, yeah. once you start updating again you pop up in on the website in different gotcha. places so because it's hosted through kind of like a community of porn stars I guess if mm -hmm. you will and so when you start updating then you get featured on like the new updates pages or they have like featured content and so um, that'll help when you're um, getting started again I have social media too but I don't I don't use it too much especially after the the doxing stuff mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. I should have taken my stuff down but I haven't um, so yeah, it's, it's just kind of been a secondary source of income when I've needed it, although I have done it full time, mm -hmm. but it's been a long time since I've done it really full time. Gotcha. So something that I tried recently, and I don't know if we've talked about this, but I tried VR porn. No, we haven't talked about that. Girl, that is something that I think, and I was talking about this with the, my, my guest on that episode was Stephen Fuller from Fuller Creative. He's mm. my marketing guy. Mm -hmm. And um, we were talking about how 
that could create a whole new genre of porn stars. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking about how you're on kind of a website that's hosted for like, you know, camera porn stars, whatever. Mm-hmm. That that's a whole new genre that's yeah. going to start really taking off. Soon. It makes sense. Yeah. Have you ever done virtual reality? No. I, I mean, I did it once or twice as it, I guess as a late teen. I don't know. As it yeah. started... I think it came out in the 90s, right? Yeah, it came out in the 90s. No I remember trying Worlds of Fun one time at, oh, in, like, high yeah, school. maybe. Yeah. Um, to me, they're really disorienting. But mm-hmm. also, technology has changed. It's not quite right. such a, like, pixelated video game. And now it's, like, real people kind of in 3D. I mean, just right in your face. Um, <laughs> All I can imagine is a giant horse dong in your like. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. That's what I think of when I think of porn is, you know... And that's why I personally don't watch porn. So when you think of porn, you think of like work. <laughs> and um, I'm gonna spoil everybody's hopes and dreams about porn, but a lot of it's fake. Oh yeah. <laughs> like our our. I am not surprised. Yeah, so, so yeah, let's spoil everyone's like things about that. Yeah. I mean, porn. Porn has its place, but mm-hmm. porn can also be problematic. It can mm-hmm. give people really false expectations mm-hmm. about what sexual interactions are like. Yep. And what people actually go through during a sexual experience, what women's vulvas look like, or just their bodies look like. What a penis should look like, Mm -hmm. what a normal penis looks like, and what it's okay, you know, it's okay if your penis isn't 12 feet long. (laughs) Or not perfectly straight, or has like a dark ring around it from your Mm -hmm. circumcision scar, and yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's problem. So what were some of the things that you think that everyone should know is so fake? About porn. Let's kind of break down some of the things that, you know, people enjoy about porn. Let's mm-hmm. destroy these things right okay. now. Okay. So, um, I was, I, I always tell people when I, I talk about porn, um, and my experience is that our, so I, we did a threesome video, my best friend and her former husband, um, and it was called Fuck Train. Okay. And, um, it's exactly probably what you're thinking, uh, with two girls and a guy and mm-hmm. it involved a strap on. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we were, I don't remember the, I think he was in the middle or maybe, no, she was in the middle. So, um, I was in the front. Did you say he was getting pegged? No, I don't think her husband was into that. Okay. I can't remember for sure, but I don't think so. So I'm pretty sure I was in the front. She was behind me with the strap on and then he was behind her and we mm-hmm. were all kind of like bent up, bent forward and to be honest it would have been really hot if all of the holes and all of the penises would have lined up exactly but it's been the biggest seller of porn <laughs> like the biggest yeah. piece of porn I've ever made uh-huh. as far as income and um so I guess my biggest takeaway for people is that if you're watching porn you're like wow that looks really cool I don't understand how that's working it's probably not if they're ah. not if they're not doing a very big close up of like penis in hole or whatever in hole it's probably not actually happening happening so um this is something that's really funny too is that my best friend and I are we're not um like not into girls, but we're we're definitely more into guys. Gotcha. So and, bi, and we, but more like a well, yeah too. We definitely prefer men. Okay. And so we'll talk about the Kinsey scale. What I was just referring to here. In a <laughs> yeah, second. yeah. So definitely, and, and definitely at that time, that wasn't something I was really interested in either, which has changed. But um, and our relationship has never, even though we've been sexual together, our relationship has never been a sexual one where we've like really had sex with each other. So. In our porn, if it's not a close-up of us with, like, tongue and vagina or whatever, we're faking it. Mm-hmm. Because it's 
we weren't doing, we were doing it for money and for fun, but we weren't doing it for like, oh my gosh, like we would just want to eat each other out. Like, gotcha. So, so you never that, actually performed oral on each other. I mean, not hardcore, like you would want it to be done. You gotcha. know what I mean? Like okay. maybe a little lick here and there, but it was more of like propping the thigh up or positioning your head between the camera and moving it around gotcha. without a whole lot of. Okay actual gotcha. contact or penetration uh, see there are right. there are ways, there are to, ways do to do it fake oral sex on camera okay now i know yeah and another thing um so one of the first times my husband ever shot a video with my best friend and i we did a double blowjob and okay. he was super shy and not like i mean you're being filmed on camera and we were super new to the whole porn thing and so he was super nervous and um, he's got, you know, two hot girls giving a blowjob and the her husband's video, ca- you know, with a video camera. Uh-huh. And so he was like, I can't finish. I can't oh. finish. And so I think how we faked it was she took my head and pushed it to deep throat and he just grunted. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and so, which is so funny because I don't swallow. <laughs> Part of me's like, why not? But no, no judgment. No judgment. Yeah. yeah. Just can't. I just can't. He didn't believe me either. Some people have a super yeah. duper uh, gag reflex. No, that's not even it. Like, I can deep throw all day long. I just can't do... I just can't do it. I can't. Is I've the never, flavor or is it the yeah, texture? Yeah, it's both. It, and there's like a you little know? puff of air that comes out that I've found. I, I'm sorry, but this is like the scientific reasoning in my head that I've figured out is that it's, there's like a little puff of air and then it's like, I don't know. It's, ever, I've always vomited. Have you ever tried just like kind of putting the tip of the stick like up to the tip of your tongue, like kind of like, uh, and then like or up to your lips. So it's like, he's coming like at your mouth, but not oh, yeah. in your mouth. Yeah, we've just done. Like, so like the taste still gets you. No, well, you're just like, I'll just close my mouth if it has to be, or he actually likes to do like the money shot where it like runs down your face. <laughs> Yeah. It, it, but hey, it's good for your skin. Oh God, don't tell him that. He better not <laughs> listen to this. Nip tuck. <laughs> no. They made like a whole beauty line based off that's, semen. That's disgusting. <laughs> kind of, but it is. I mean, it. It's like egg whites. I don't want to rub that on my face. I sit here saying it's not gross, but I'm not like I'm gonna go out and buy <laughs> a night serum made with. Okay, cum. we're totally gonna get off this podcast and we're gonna go make sperm-based skincare. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, You're laughing idea. because you know it's a good idea. <laughs> we just won't tell people what's in it. I think you have to legally, I mean, <laughs> don't you have to legally say what's probably. in it? Yeah, and you probably have to make sure, I don't know, there's like medical issues there, obviously, with using like human byproducts. Body products. Yeah, it's not really a body part, it's just a byproduct. Yeah. Fluids. Like, yeah. I mean, if it was someone's spit, yeah. uh, you want to know that. Yeah, okay, my mind's running in all sorts of directions. But you're the one who's, like, the uh, entrepreneur, innovator when it comes to, like, products such as that. So I'm going to give that to you. Just give me some royalties for the idea okay, or something I like will. that. There I will. I totally will. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so you've been married for a while. Yeah. You've been together a while. Mm-hmm. And you, you've had quite an evolution of your relationship mm-hmm. just from, you know, where you first started off was, like, you know, two sweet little high school kids, right? Yeah, college, college kids, kids. Yeah. college kids. Mm-hmm. Um, to now, so yeah. tell tell me, tell our some of our listeners what it's kind of been like to be married through the process of of being a cam girl and and really, I mean, technically being a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what's that been like to have your husband as part of that experience? So we were actually not together for very long when the cam thing started. Mm -hmm. And so it's literally been like our whole relationship. This has been a part of our lives to some degree or another. And so it's definitely been interesting. Um, I've definitely been more involved in it, obviously, than he has, even though he's done cam work with me. He's been on the website. Um, he's shot, you know, he's my camera guy too. So, you know, even if he's just taking the pictures for me, um, he's always been involved. So I think what's important is obviously this would have never have worked if he wasn't supportive, um, whether he was involved in, in it or not. Um, I don't recommend ever getting involved in sex work or porn or anything like that without the support of your partner. Um, whatever degree of your relationship you might be in. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, definitely having his support has been um, really important. And he's helped, like, motivate me when uh, it was important that I I was active in my work for uh, income reasons. Yeah. um, And helping to motivate me. Because, to be honest, it, it got really monotonous. You know, it's put on an outfit, put on your makeup, curl your hair, mm-hmm. and go take the same, you know, basically the same poses, you know. So yeah. it gets, it got really monotonous, and so he'd say, you know, we'll try changing it up, or, you know, let's do, um, you know, let's do something together, or let's go somewhere, whatever it was. So um, I think that was instrumental in helping to keep me going, rather than just, like, going to work at McDonald's or something, which I would have never have wanted to do uh porn over mcdonald's <laughs> yeah porn over mcdonald's um, not to say that you hate people that work McDonald's. No, yeah however not for you yeah that's the whole point yeah and exactly. it was um you know the difference between what i've been doing with my my website and going and working for like a studio or something like that is I'm in complete creative control at all times mm-hmm. i do have somebody that hosts my site mm-hmm. um so they take care of like posting everything. I just send them the edited images and the video and then they go ahead and post it to my site. Mm-hmm. So they basically run the back end of the site for me, but I'm in charge of all of the content, if gotcha. you will. So the difference is from what I can tell, and I have I not an expert on this at all, but from what I found and what I had learned is that you basically sign a contract, and depending on the studio and the contract, of course, you lose a lot of that creative control. And so um, I, I, I grew really concerned when I started to do some of that industry research when I got into some BDSM stuff, and I was like, well, that's kind of a really interesting niche, and um, there's a lot of demand for porn in that. And I learned that you sign your life away, kind of, and oh, really? you basically become their property. And again, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry to anybody out out there who is a more expert on it than I am. But I was never gonna be okay with someone telling me what to do with my body, mm-hmm. and um, that may have changed. This was several several years ago, but um, I I watched some documentaries about sex workers in the porn industry and. Um, you know, there are some pretty terrible stories out there about yeah. prolapsed anuses, you know, from shoving too many things in there. Yeah. 
I never wanted to be that kind of in that kind of position. And so I liked being my own manager, even though I'm not always so good at the motivation part, but, you know, being able to say, I'm just not into it right now. I'm not in a good headspace. I'm not going to force myself. I don't want to have sex with that person. Right. Um, I've only, I've, for my website, I've only had sex. Well, technically I've only had sex with three people. I've done shoots with four people Mm -hmm. and, um, which would probably surprise a lot of people because usually when we get to the topic of conversation of hey I have an amateur porn site they automatically think you know I've had sex with hundreds and hundreds of people and I'm right. like well maybe in my personal life that's not even true but <laughs> um you know that's you know people have a very big misconception about porn stars and that you yeah. know they're sex addicts and they're freaks and all they want to do is have sex all the time and that's definitely not for me true right um all the time and even when sex is a big part of your life for work that doesn't mean that you want to do it when you're not at work yeah so yeah that's true that's a really important point that you make there that just because you're you've got this online persona and you're doing these things doesn't mean that what's going on in your personal life is exactly the same so share a little bit more with me about you know what what you're really talking about there. What What's some of the things that you've been going through? I mean, I know, but you sound <laughs> right. like you kind of want to share a little bit more about that. Right. Well, so as you know, I've been having some sexual dysfunction uh, issues. Oh, <gasps> gasp. <laughs> Women have sexual dysfunction issues. That's only a male problem, right? right? So, um... And to be honest... And no, that's not right. right. No, <laughs> yeah, that was... We did it com- the sarcasm yes, in our voices. Complete sarcasm. Um, but to be honest, I-, I am shocked to be using that phrase about myself because it is so ingrained in us as a society that men are the only ones allowed or capable um, of experiencing sexual dysfunction. And I'm here to tell you right now that that's not true and... Um, I'm experiencing right now and I have for over a year now and it has had a very huge impact on my relationship and um, even though this literally has nothing to do with my husband um, it it has completely impacted our relationship on every level because when you're you have one person who wants to be intimate and you have the other person who doesn't want to be intimate and it really doesn't have anything to do with other anything other than physical issues and potentially emotional ones too but that it's not a relationship issue necessarily um it it can it can really affect your whole relationship on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and even though I think that a lot of my sexual dysfunction stems from physical problems it turned into emotional problems as well because we started fighting about not having sex and him feeling inadequate even though he was doing everything he could to communicate with me, to try different things, and I'm still not satisfied with my orgasms, and that's not his fault because he's doing everything that we know works. We're trying things that we think might work, mm-hmm. and even when we find something that does work one time, the next time it won't work. And um, so it's it's been really difficult, and at this point um, I feel comfortable, obviously enough about talking to talk about it and I'm I'm seeking some testing and hopefully some treatment to kind of figure out what my options are and what's causing it and Mm -hmm. how I can get better Mm -hmm. um 
we had sex twice in a row. Oh, yeah? The other day, oh. the other, a couple days ago, which uh, is a huge deal because it's like once a week, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been feeling frisky. Good. I well, bought some new lingerie <laughs> that he hasn't seen yet that he's dying to see. Okay. So we're trying, we're trying to spice things up in different ways. And, um, but I think it's important that you're taking the time. That's something that I often recommend to people is if you're really not sure what the problem is, and most mm-hmm. people aren't, like it's really important to try to rule out the medical first, whether right. it's low hormones or just something that's going on with your vitamin levels, something's going on with your organs. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. it's just important to really be fully checked out. Make sure you're not on a medication that's mm-hmm. affecting your libido mm-hmm. or again, hormone levels. Yeah. Um, so I'm really happy that you're taking that step of, of kind of either seeing if it is something medical or at least ruling things out. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not get an answer yeah. right away, but, but then at I least can start. Say, well, it's not this, not this. It, then we'll start having regular sessions and figure out the emotional problems. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's I what think, I do as a I coach. think something that's actually been helping um, me lately, especially with this past weekend and us wanting to have sex twice in a row, which is to be, I can't state enough how big of a deal it is for us to have sex two, like, nights, in like two nights in a row. And okay. it'd be really good yeah. for me. Gotcha. And um, I was like, wow. Satisfying yes. is what you're saying. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having good orgasms. This is amazing. Um, so now I'm like scared. Like, oh my gosh, do I need to have sex every day? Do I, you know, I don't know what to do about it. So I mean, I that's not a, a It's a bad idea. idea. <laughs> right. Um, now I completely thought I, was, what I forgot what I was going to talk about because now I just want to have sex. <laughs> Thank you. I'm cured. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but I think... Um, So you had sex two days in a row, mm-hmm. and that was the first time in how long that you'd had sex? Twice in a row. Yeah, not frequently. A long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think there was anything in particular that sparked this? That's little... what I was going to say. So um, my life, ha- you know kind of what's going on in my personal slash professional mm-hmm. life right now, and I have some things that I'm working on that I'm really excited about, and I think part of my maybe emotional impact on my physical sex life has been that I've been kind of in a slump and um you know my mood's been kind of all over the place like one day I'm happy one day I'm sad one day I'm pissed off about everything and nothing and um and I've got something going on in my life that I'm really excited about and I'm like I can't even well you saw my post on Facebook the other day I'm literally excited and happy every day even when stuff should be really stressing me out that normally would be I've got something in the back of my mind that I I've got driving me mm-hmm. and so I don't know for I'm I don't know you're the expert in this industry I, I get that when I was starting this business two years ago I mean I was still at my last job and I was miserably miserable because they had changed my position. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't traveling internationally anymore. I was just traveling domestically, and I was on a product line that was not of interest to me whatsoever. Right. Um, but then when I started kind of working behind the scenes on establishing this business, yes, it's hard work mm-hmm. doing the research mm-hmm. and figuring out your market and creating your client avatar and filing your for an LLC. Yep, doing your paperwork, paying the money, doing yep. the things, the branding, the marketing, all of it. Yep. Like it kind of and it kind of snowballs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get to a point where you're like, I don't know what I don't know. And then it's about finding help. It, but it's all still really exciting because yep. it's your thing. Right. You're so nurturing even, something. 
yes, you're building growing, something. you're building something. Mm-hmm. It's like planting a garden. I'm a big gardener. You're just, you've got to till the land in order to plant your seeds. Right. So um, when you've got that vision for something for yourself and when you've got that passion behind it, even though it is hard work and if you were doing that hard work for someone else's vision, mm-hmm. it would be stressful, mm-hmm. but it's for your vision. Right. So I think that's why you get that, that drive and that energy mm-hmm. from it. And I love my day job, which is funny, but I, you know, I've, I've never not wanted to go to work and I've never not wanted to do what I do every day. But in the past month or so, I've really felt a big change and my, in my mood and just, you know, like I was describing and it's, you know, now it's impacting my sex life in a positive way. And even though I'm still experiencing some of those physical issues, um, I am noticing an increase in my desire and Mm -hmm. my husband is supportive once again. And, um, you know, he's, you know, fully on board with me exploring, um, this idea Mm -hmm. and I'm really excited about it and I'm excited for you. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. So this episode is probably going to air in May. And I don't know if you know from following me last year, but May is National Masturbation Month. Oh, I'm good at that. (laughs) Obviously, I've gotten paid to do it hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. So, um, well, let's talk a little bit about it. So you're still an active masturbator? Yes. um, So my one of the things that I'll say about our sex life is that, um, well, so I guess prefacing, I used to only be able to get off once. And I was content with that. And I was like, how do these women have five and six orgasms in one session? Well, thank the Lord or whoever you pray to. uh, I have overcome that in my head, roadblock (laughs) in my head, I guess. Um, And I can now have more than one orgasm. Multiple. Yeah. So one thing is that, you know, my husband, when he's done, he's done. Although we can, if we're going to have, we have a little kid, so we don't always get the time that we need. But if we have a night when she's not around, then uh, we can plan accordingly and um, take a longer amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, on a week Week night, school night, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's he's you know one and done. Um, and that's not to say that's a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But I usually will go clean up and come back for more. Um, so yeah, that's one of my favorite things. Is you know I'll so have my own little uh, after party. I guess you gotcha. could call it. So he doesn't really help you with that part. It's just like okay, thanks. You part ways. Like he'll leave. The I room prefer it or... that way. He usually will go, you know, lay in bed, and if I wanted help, I would, you know, I pretty much just use a vibrator. And mm-hmm. what's your favorite vibrator you've ever used? The body like, wand. The body, like the yeah. the Hitachi Magic Wand, or I have one of the different. So the body wand is smaller. Oh, that's right. But okay. it's just as More powerful, like, like a five um, or six. No, it's actually like the size of a. I mean, my Maybe magic wand's like a foot and a half. It's no, massive. this is this is this is travel friendly. Ah, uh, yeah, which is okay. why I love it. But it looks like the magic wand is just kind of like yes. shut down. Yeah, it shows, like yeah. the head on it. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. So um, it's literally called body wand. Mm-hmm. Um, Google it. I highly recommend it. Um, I'm on my second one because I use it a lot, but it's rechargeable, so mm-hmm. it doesn't have to plug in the wall. So that was my biggest problem was that yeah. we would go to 
parties or a friend's house and can I find an outlet for this uh you'd be surprised how many times I've had to do that so um went to a club and I I was friends with the owner I was like hey do you have a room with an outlet that's accessible and of course it was the one with the 70s round rotating fuzzy bed I've always wondered what one of those is like uh, it's I just want to try it it's ever since I saw blue valentine is that what it's called? Yeah, with Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. They go to the themed hotel room and it has the spinning bed. Um, I don't know. I just, I it just want to see and try one at least once in my lifetime. Yeah, it's okay. I guess it depends on the fabric. I just remember the fabric on this bed being really cheap and made me feel really, like, cheap. You know well, what I mean? Mm, yeah, I probably wouldn't want to lay on the comforter because I, I'm OCD and I would just start thinking about all the people that have, like... Oh, no, they changed the sheets and stuff. Sheets are one thing. Comforters are a different thing. Don't you watch all these specials about, like, hotels? Like, oh, well, yeah. hotels don't change their comforter, well, I, I would, doubt a club's gonna... I would, I would not go and have sex at a club that did not change their sheets. Well, certainly. So. Certainly. But it's the comforter. I'm saying the comforter's different. I mean, oh. it's hard to wash those yeah. fuzzy comforters. I guess so. that's true. Yeah. I'd be blacklighting that shit. Sorry, that's just me. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> This is true. I need a shower now. Thank you. This is why I can't be taken in sex clubs because I'd be breaking out my black light, (laughs) not my body wand. Hey, live in the moment. YOLO. YOLO. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, very good. Thank you for sharing a little bit about your masturbation habits. Ooh, I'm curious. Have you ever, ever tried mutual masturbation with your husband? Yes, actually. So that's one of the things that my husband, I feel kind of bad. Um, I've been kind of a a naughty girl uh, because lately he's just like, oh, like, I just want to touch each other. And I'm like, no, I just want to use my toy and get ready. And then you're going to stick your dick in me and go to town. (laughs) So I've been kind (laughs) of lazy lately because that's just kind of what I've been in the mood for. But he's like, he's been kind of like... This is going to sound bad, but like a girl, like, you know, like, hey, I want you to touch me. Like, just like the other night we were doing our foreplay and he was like, I want you to bite me and I want you to kiss my neck. And I'm like, when did you become so like needy in this way? Sort of emo- emotionally needy. Yeah. It's been, I don't know. It's been not weird. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And he gets in those kinds of moods and then he, he gets in those other moods where he's like, I just want to fuck the shit out of you or whatever. So, yeah, it's, but it's really interesting because it's ingrained, another one of those things about men that's ingrained in our heads is that guys can't be vulnerable like that during sex. Right. And so it's difficult for me to get past that in my head that I know is stupid because. Yeah. Well, you even preface it by saying like, oh, this is bad, but like a girl, like even you've right. been ingrained and socialized mm-hmm. that. To be emotionally vulnerable and mm-hmm. somewhat needy. And to want more intimacy rather than just sex. Than just fucking. Yes. Yeah, that mm-hmm. even you have been socialized that that is a feminine mm-hmm. quality, when really mm-hmm. it's not. It, yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a human quality. Right. And it's just like a spectrum. He's looking for that connection. Yeah. And I'm not giving it to him, so I need to do better about that. And well, I'll, hey. I will try. There you go. See, you just I coached myself. You did. You did. <laughs> But you wouldn't have been on topic if we weren't talking right. about it. So no, 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 I'm happy for you. High five. High five. I do high fives on my podcast a lot. So, <laughs> so Crystal, I want to take a moment, kind of backtrack a little bit about how you said you know your site is up, but you're not actively marketing it. So mm-hmm. can I ask, was that more about you're just kind of gonna let it sit there and be some passive income, or did you face any challenges with having with your marketing efforts or being out there mm-hmm. in the public with it or trying to get people to come to your site? Like just kind of curious. So I was doing a lot of social media stuff, mostly through Twitter, 
um, some through Facebook, but and then there are a lot of other form type sites that you can visit for specific um, niche fetishes. So if I would do like a specific um, like foot fetish type set or video, I would go and post on there um, on those kinds of sites. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, with Craigslist, um, to be honest, I've done escorting a little tiny bit and sugar daddy stuff. Um, and that was probably more of what would have impacted me, but I got really uncomfortable with some relationships that I had. Um, and so I just decided it probably wasn't in the best interest of me and my husband, cause we were still together. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we were together. Um, and yeah, I just, it, I think it's a good thing that they, they took it down because of all of the, the bad Crazy things. personal. Yes. The things that, that were going on and with sex trafficking and, and all of that, I think it's a good thing that it was taken down. And I don't, I don't personally think it's going to hurt sex workers as far as what I do. I don't know about escorts. That's the thing. It it's depends upon what kind of sex worker you are that, yeah, I mean, there have definitely been sex workers that have been murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers are showing that it's not really done anything to prevent human trafficking. And mm-hmm. specifically what we're talking about is um, the passing about a year ago of a piece of legislation called FOSTA-SESTA. Um, that was something that led to Backpage.com being shut down, as well as Craigslist Personals and a plethora of other sites. It made Tumblr go adult mm-hmm. only. Mm-hmm. Um, what it did is it made internet service providers responsible for user-generated content, mm-hmm. which they previously weren't. So even Facebook is starting to really censor. Um, Instagram has always kind of been censored, but um, like you can't show a female nipple, but you can show a male one. Um, but Twitter is kind of the last bastion of free speech, especially when it comes to being a sex worker mm-hmm. or advertising your services, whether mm-hmm. it's cam work or it's um, an escort or someone looking for a sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, even some of those sites have gotten shut down. So... It does depend upon where you fit in the spectrum of sex work, how right. your things have been affected. Mm-hmm. So um, I know things like Night Flirt, that's actually a foreign company, but mm-hmm. that's where a lot of cell phone sex operators go through. Right. Um, so yeah, for, for you, since you've always been like kind of behind the safety of, of a camera, you've never been in front of a camera really, other mm-hmm. than you said very briefly, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that work in particular isn't as affected it's it's more about not necessarily being able to easily go out there and throw a free craigslist ad up it's like mm-hmm. here find my video through this link and right you know, it's your pay window mm-hmm. or whatever um however it has made the world more dangerous for people that are doing in in person sex work mm-hmm. um which to me nevada is the only state that prostitution is legal i think that we should not legalize sex work i think we really need to decriminalize Mm-hmm. Sex work, for sure. Um, much in the way that marijuana has been decriminalized. Um, there's a difference between legalizing something and decriminalizing mm-hmm. something. Yeah, I am definitely very... I'm anti-FOSA-SESTA because it made it retroactive. So if for any reason your work um, was found to be, I don't know, vulgar or whatever... Oh, it's definitely vulgar. Yeah, I mean, there, there's all sorts of things that an internet service provider could eventually come back on you and mm-hmm. say, like, you know, that's my worry, and that's the part that's unconstitutional, but it's going to take some time for it to get through the courts. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so to all the sex workers out there who are no longer able to use 
online platforms to kind of um, weed some of the the dangerous people out. Um, it, there were still dangerous people out there to begin with, yeah. but I think that it's just it's made it different when people are on a street corner versus when they're behind a computer and they can kind of back and forth and check somebody out mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, get a little bit about their identity. Yeah. I tried to, when I was meeting people for the short time I was, I was trying to use the sites that run background checks and do kind of those things because I did explore Backpage and some of those escort-focused forums where you could just kind of post what you were offering or people were looking for and respond accordingly. Um, And it just, like I said, I had some, nothing terrible, thank God. Um, But, you know, I had some conversations that didn't make me feel right. I met some people in person that didn't feel right. And so I just kind of was like, I don't really need this. I had had a sugar daddy who wanted me to marry him and be the mom to his kids that he already had. And I was still in college. And I was like, this is not what I signed up for at all. I'm just here for a good time. So, yeah, I think you definitely just have to watch your back. And if you don't feel right, get the heck out of Dodge and don't look back. You don't owe anybody anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I have another thing to say about that. Mm-hmm. So, speaking about sugar daddies, um, that guy that I was talking about that wanted me to marry him, our first sexual encounter uh, was not consensual. I wouldn't necessarily call it rape because... I didn't say no, but I didn't want it to... I didn't know it was going to happen until it happened. It was one of those things where a back rub turned into he slipped his penis in me. And I didn't say no because I felt like I had to do it because we were in a nice hotel room and he went to all of this trouble and this is what I was supposed to do. And that was my first sexual encounter with a sugar daddy. Mm -hmm. And um, so I guess if you're going to go down that road, um, I'm not going to say that it's... Not a good thing if that's what you want to do, but I think you need to be true to who you are, and if you're not okay with something, then you should say something, Mm -hmm. because I didn't, and I regret it. Um, I mean, I've come to grips with it. I think it doesn't really affect me today, but I think that if you're not okay with something, I should have said something in that moment and said, hey, I'm not comfortable with this right now. But then there's also a lot of fear in that moment. Yeah. Because it's... It was the, the expectation. Yeah, if that's the expectation, then if he really wants it... He's going to do it anyway. And what level of violence is he willing to go right. to to continue to get what he wants? Mm-hmm. You know, because maybe he would simply say, like, are you sure? And stop. Mm-hmm. Maybe he would punch you in the face and knock you unconscious and do whatever he wants to you after he's mm-hmm. broken your nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm so sorry that that was your first experience with him. Um and in that situation, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, ladies, do be careful out there because it's... Guys, too. Guys, too. You're right. I shouldn't just say ladies. People, folks, just be careful out there. And, and think even in a dating situation, people can have a very similar experience where they think that they're just gonna fool around or it's just gonna go to this level but they didn't really have the talk about it because of pizza talk Mm -hmm. what do you want on your pizza Mm -hmm. what do you want in the bedroom too Mm -hmm. Um, and just because somebody says yes at the beginning doesn't mean they're gonna continue to say yes yeah or because they said yes to something last time doesn't mean they should have to say yes to it this time Mm -hmm. so and if they say no in the middle of an encounter you should stop yes absolutely even if they're not 
saying yes, like there's, you know, that enthusiastic yes. If it's the like maybe, Mm -hmm. that's even a time to slow down Mm -hmm. and say like, okay, let's Or hey, I just need a minute. Like something doesn't feel right or Mm -hmm. like I need to check in or can we talk about this or whatever. Yeah. That's definitely, I'm not good about communicating during sex about what I'm feeling. And so obviously in that situation, um, it was not a good experience. Um, but that's something that I'm not good about is that hurts, but just bite your tongue and let it get over with. So I've definitely learned that that's not worth it. Like just say, wait, hang on a second. Can we adjust something? Mm-hmm. We get some more lube. Can we change mm-hmm. positions? It's not worth the pain that comes after and the, the shame and the, what the fuck was that? Why didn't you just say something? Like that's not okay to do to yourself. You mm-hmm. know, so communication is lubrication is what my favorite <laughs> podcaster said so I shouldn't steal that's that great. I don't want to steal that from her that's but. wonderful <laughs> I love that saying that's great. well there you go you can <laughs> embrace that and adopt that as I your will. mantra for I now will. lube good. is good yes all lubrication is good well not all lubrication depends on what you need it for right. you gotta you gotta be specific about your lubes so <laughs> you know the difference between the lubes right I know water base is my favorite. That's all I know. Water base is good, just like all around. Use it for whatever. Because right. you can use it with toys. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about if you're using condoms, mm-hmm. um, hands, penises, whatever. Um, silicone's more for, you never want to use that with toys. Right. Um, more for anal sex. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Coconut oil. You know, you got to be careful about coconut oil. You can use it as a good all natural lubricant, but it can also change your pH balance mm-hmm. because it's that makes antibacterial. Sense. So yeah, you gotta be careful with that. Um, I don't know. I just I try to not use things that are like super synthetic. I don't like the stuff that's got glycerin, mm-hmm. glycerin in mm-hmm. it. It just smells bad. Right. That's um, why I like the water based stuff because usually mm-hmm. it doesn't smell like anything. Right. And yeah. it, it's not sticky like like the silicone based stuff or like the wet. Yeah, that stuff that's kind of synthetic can have that, that yeah. tackiness mm-hmm. to it, and I don't like that. I like it to feel natural. Right. Yeah. Um, the water-based, of course, can, like, reabsorb pretty easily, so you may yeah. have to, like, reapply yeah. things It's like usually that, we just need it for initial insertion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But or yeah. anal. Anal. Yes, you always need lubrication with anal because the anus is not self-lubricating. Yes. yes. And reapply. That is probably the and one reapply. time we do reapply is when, yeah. when we get a little dry back there. Yes, absolutely. And Stimulation beforehand. Lots of stimulation beforehand. Yes, play around with the anus before you put a dick oh, in it. Oh, and anal beads. If I can recommend <laughs> one thing in the world besides a body wand, it is anal beads. And I was so scared about doing anal for so long, and it's one of my husband's, like, favorite things. Okay, so I've seen anal beads used in a DVD. I've never personally used them. So oh, my I'm gosh. Curious, curious can we go to the like... store and buy some so you can use them? You, It will change your life. I'm serious. I'm, I'm totally, my, my guy that I've been seeing is totally down for going to the store. So okay. I, I really want to take him to the store, but yes. I can point out the email. Okay. So in, in actual use, mm-hmm. so you're putting them in, like it's more the one that's got a little bit of like looseness between the two or is mm-hmm. it more of a heart? Okay. So upon insertion, obviously lots of lube, you're kind of just putting like one at a time. Uh-huh. How quickly do you pull it out? So for me, um, what I, and this is just me personally, and this goes for whether it's a penis or a toy or whatever, um, as soon as I orgasm, I want whatever is in there out okay. because I'm at that like height peak, everything feels kind of good. I'm loose. And, um, 
afterwards, like I'm going to get tight, like my muscles are going to get tight again. Mm-hmm. Cause my biggest thing with anal is I need to be loose. Like I, I need to, it's mental for me. Like I have to be in the headspace to yeah. do some muscle yes, work absolutely, and relax those muscles or else it's not going to be enjoyable for me, right. which is why I don't do anal all the time because it is a, it is an exercise, a full body mental exercise. Agreed. So when I'm at that peak height of my post orgasm, I he, I just say, okay, you know, he comes, I'm like, okay, I'm done orgasming and he comes out or he'll take out the, the beads or I'll take it out or whatever. So that's just my personal. Is it kind of just like, choo, 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 like one at a I time? I just kind of do, I kind of like the feeling. I So my, my anal beads are, I just have three. Okay. I wouldn't necessarily recommend starting out with the ones that I have because they are a little bit, the bigger one, the biggest one is a little bit larger. Okay. Um, but I don't like the ones that are really long. So that's my one piece of advice for people looking to buy anal beads is, Find the size that's right for you, but also go for a shorter length. Because if you think about it and you have, you know, anal beads that the string is long, that's a lot more to go in you. Yeah. And it's going to be less comfortable. So I like the one, the, the ones that I have that are, um, they're squishy. Mm-hmm. They're like a, a very pliable type of plastic or whatever. They're silicone Mil- probably. Medical grade silicone. Hopefully. Yeah, something yes. like that. But they've got some give to them. Whereas mm-hmm. the ones that I started with, before, yeah. the ones that I started with were the hard plastic ah, and uh-huh. they were the much longer ones. Gotcha. And um, they were smaller, but I wouldn't recommend that just from my personal experience. They were harder um, and I didn't like that they, there was so much to go in. Gotcha. Um, so that's, that's, yeah, that's, if I ever started a, a sex toy store, which is another business idea I've had because <laughs> I could advocate for sex toys all day long um that would be the one thing especially for people that are interested in anal or think they might be interested in anal but they don't want to just jump on a penis or a a penis shaped toy a Mm -hmm. dildo um definitely look into anal beads and it's okay if you can only get in one or two but it will be the craziest most sensitive sex you have ever had so one of our favorite things to do is put in the anal beads and then i'll get on top and i'll just literally like sit there and move a little bit back and forth and it's not just fun for you feel it's fun for both of you in your rectum than mm-hmm. you do in your vagina yeah there's a lot more nerve endings mm-hmm. like slight movement yes so yeah. that's why so and then so he likes to just pull it out just a little bit and i tell him not to do that because sometimes it doesn't feel too great uh-huh um it just kind of depends on i don't know the moment but yeah i like to put them put them in and then get on top and or do doggy style there you go but he likes doggy style too much so it doesn't last as long so <laughs> we just end up getting on top and doing the work so gotcha yeah oh being a cowgirl is kind of a fun ride yeah. though right it's yeah. my favorite personally my favorite position and so. never under uh, underestimate the power of kegels so yes he likes it when I just sit on top of him and squeeze. Mm-hmm. I've done that before. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And a lot of times I can move. just get off without even having to move. So, you know. There you go. Oh, my God. We yeah. could do a whole other podcast about kegels and yes. getting off with that. Yeah. So. And kegels are really great when you go to have a baby. 45 minutes of pushing, first kid, done. What? Thank, thank you, kegels. Yep. Holy no, shit. No joke. Again, a whole other episode there. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Okay, yeah. we might have to re-explore that. So, <laughs> all right. Well, again, Crystal, I thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was a pleasure having you and keep them coming with yes. Open Doors Coaching. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Anytime you think of some more stories you want to share, you are we can, I'm, I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about swinging. Yes. I have lots of good stories about swinging. Swinging and kegels. And giggles. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, then we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. 
Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. You can find me on Facebook at Open the Doors Coaching or Instagram and Twitter at Open the Doors KC. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast, of course. But if you really want more tips and advice from me, then join my email newsletter by visiting my website at OpenTheDoorsCoaching.com. My theme song is original music by Matthew Kusa. Until next time.